Stick this in your ear. The number one, the number one internet shock radio network. Shock me, shock me, shock me with that deviant behavior. Renegade, Renegade Talk Radio. It's the American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. the heels of the How Many More rally held on the steps of the Texas State Capitol. Texas! The Washington Post sat perched atop the Drudge Report with a story regarding what they described as a man killing five of his neighbors because they complained that he was shooting an AR-15 in his yard at all hours of the night. However, if you were actually interested in the details and not the brainwashing, it became horrifically obvious that the shooter and the victims were illegal immigrants, while the description of the yard led the reader to envision a typical suburban lot when it was a rural area in Texas where target practice is common. A stark reminder of the Mockingbird media twisting the fine points in order to further the globalist anti-Second Amendment Bilderberg agenda. Everybody that was shot was shot from the neck up, almost execution style. Just yesterday in Cleveland, Texas, right outside of Houston, there was a guy that executed six people, including an eight-year-old little boy, a Mexican national. It's a cartel hit. So I'll be honest, all right, I don't know anything about that case. I haven't been following it, um, and so I'm not qualified to comment on it. But what I do know living in Texas is that this isn't the first murder that's cartel-related. And if people wake up, this, uh, cartel-related murders have been happening for a number of years. They're increasing, and they're not just happening in Texas. They're happening all over the country. Look at tripwires and triggers. Read what Jason Jones has been reporting for years. The cartels have been moving into this country. Look at Operation Pi from the DEA. They arrested over 700 cartel members of one cartel on U.S. soil, and it did nothing to that cartel. They're risking the lives of the migrants that they're rolling out the welcome map for. They're risking, these people are dying. They're being raped. They're being murdered, assaulted. I read a story recently about a young girl who had more than 60 pieces of human DNA inside of her. But for a few hours at the How Many More rally, truth was thankfully on full display. There is no America without secure borders. There is no Texas without secure borders. What the hell are you doing up there? I don't process invaders. I repel invaders. So let's get this legislation where finally, finally, Texas can be the shining light of freedom in the United States of America. Let's think about the numbers. In 25 months, 6 million total encounters and more than 1.7 million total gotaways. That's insanity. At this pace, in 48 months of this administration, this country is looking at encountering 14 million total encounters and gotaways. 14 million! And you don't want to see another dead migrant die in a tractor trailer like the 53 who died in the Texas heat in San Antonio last summer. Or the 856 who died along the Rio Grande and along the southwest border last year. The thousands that are in the sex trafficking trade as we speak in the supposedly strong
beautiful nation in the history of the world. While we're sitting here right now, some little girl is in the back of a car on I-35 getting taken God knows where. We talk about the Mexican cartels. They are now the shadow government of Mexico. Why are they a shadow government? It's very simple. They don't want to worry about social security, education, this kind of stuff. No. It's much easier for the cartels to let everybody think that there's an actual government running Mexico. There is not. The cartels have gone into towns and cities across America, bought up property. So have the Chinese. They work hand hand in hand and they were they are in bed with people within this government so i don't buy the saber rattling doesn't mean the threat isn't real but look beyond the surface to what you're really looking at after hearing these unsettling truths expressed passionately and with focus you can find that full video at band.video how many more is what it's titled how many more i would add little addendum to that question until we secede until we just break away and do things for ourselves but hey that's just me stay tuned folks your daily dispatch on the other side it's tuesday may 2nd year of our lord 2023 and you're listening to the american journal with your host harrison smith Watch it live right now at band.video. I think it's time to blow this scene. Get everybody Good morning, started. ladies and gentlemen. Welcome oh, to three, American two, Journal. It's Tuesday, but it feels like a Wednesday, doesn't it? That's <laughs> just me. We have a lot to talk about today. Of course, as always, we've got the collapse of mainstream media, liberal establishment. We've got the corresponding freaking out of that establishment as they desperately attempt to retain what power they have left. We've got some interesting developments with Fox News, seemingly making a pivot towards actual news, perhaps as a flailing attempt to make up for the fact that Tucker Carlson leaving has utterly decimated their viewing numbers. We've got war in Taiwan. We've got war in Ukraine. We've got war in Sudan. Upcoming war in Azerbaijan. And Armenia, false flag, nuclear alerts in Houston, just a whole gamut to run today. So I'm glad you're here with us. Infowars.com is where you go to share these videos. Band.video is also where you go to sh- share these videos. We were, we've also kicked off a, a new thing yesterday, our first video that we published. Thank you. On Instagram, TikTok, I published one, I uh, published the same video on Twitter and YouTube. We're, we're, we're re-engaging. We're expanding the audience. I think the only thing that frustrates me about working at InfoWars is nothing about working at InfoWars, but about the censorship that we face across the board uh, on every social media platform because I don't want to be preaching to the choir. I want to be bringing more people in. I love the choir. Don't get me wrong, but we want a bigger, more powerful, more engaged choir, so we're doing that by – trying to share our videos on as many platforms as possible. You can share it there on Twitter. I should probably have my handles uh, figured out. I think, I think they're all, well, I think Twitter's Harrison H. Smith. Yeah, Twitter's Harrison H. Smith. On Instagram, it's Harrison Hill Smith. And on TikTok, I think it's also Harrison Hill Smith. So if you have a TikTok or an Instagram, make sure you go and follow at Harrison Hill Smith and share these videos. We'll be coming out with at least one a day. And we rely on you to help us to 
spread this information and also tell people where they can find more because that's one of our, that's part of our strategy is no branding no branding maybe we'll sneak in the the mug right if people are observant they'll be able to see infowars.com on the mug but we're not going to have any graphics no you know links in the descriptions to bandot video uh, because i think that's that's what the algorithms pick up that's what the algorithms see and then they strike it down we were talking i was talking with um, our editor reese yesterday about it about you know, how we wanted to put this video together and he was like do do we want like a stinger at the end like the bandot video sort of noise and stinger and it's like no we're pretty sure they have whatever that noise is and that and of course they have algorithms that can read the text on the screen and if they see infowars.com or band.video or alex jones then it gets struck down so we're going to tailor these videos to circumvent the algorithms and we can only do that with your help when you share it so tiktok instagram twitter and youtube youtube is uh youtube.com slash off limits news i believe is where i'm uploading things there We'll, we'll make a graphic for all of this. We're, we're flying by the seat of our pants, but this is a new initiative we're doing, and hopefully you guys can help us by sharing those videos. Maybe making your own. They're not really that hard to edit together, especially with all the free apps that are out there now. So anyway, that's what we're up to, but let's not waste any more time, shall we? Let's get right into it. Here it is, your Daily Dispatch. All right, here it is, folks, your Daily Dispatch for Tuesday, the 2nd of May, 2023. Hollywood writers slamming gig economy go on strike. With potential Hollywood writers strike to begin as soon as Tuesday, stars of the Met Gala expressed their support for the Writers Guild of America with Jimmy Fallon saying, I got no show without my writers. I got no grandma without my writers. I don't know what to say without a teleprompter telling me. Poor Jimmy. Poor Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, apparently late night shows are just stopping. They're just not going to happen anymore. I'm not sure how that's going to work, but they're going to be the first on the chopping block with this Writers Guild of America strike. 11,500 unionized screenwriters will head to the picket lines on Tuesday where, ironically, they'll be doing no more or less for entertainment than they were as writers. See, I think instead of striking, maybe they should write material that people actually want to watch you know maybe they should actually dedicate their time and energy to writing scripts for movies and tv shows that aren't absolute utter trash i I mean that's just my that's just my take on it i guess i guess my take on it is the writers are striking really really why because they they weren't paid enough for destroying beloved intellectual properties like lord of the rings and star wars and every other cultural icon that they can get their grubby little hands on they're not being paid enough for absolutely dissecting and destroying and sacrificing to satan our beloved childhood memories really they're not getting paid and they need more they need more money for that disney is in a state of absolute collapse as the Marvel Universe descends into diversity and chaos. Star Wars is basically not a thing anymore. It's now just a, a style for depressed and anxious cat ladies to use as their weird fantasies at this point. I mean, the writers in Hollywood have destroyed entertainment totally. I say let them strike forever. 
I say let them just go away. Maybe now is the time that the real writers can get in and actually write things people want to watch. Maybe now is the time of the scab. The scab can cross that picket line and actually write something with heart and entertainment that has a soul that actually makes people laugh or think or emote in some way rather than just taking Scooby-Doo and replacing the mystery with overt racism. I I don't know. That's just me. That's just me. But to the Writers Guild of America, I say, stay gone, you scumbags. Get out of here. Go pick it on a highway. See what happens. Excuse me. (laughs) Uh, Meanwhile, U.S. military tracking a new mystery balloon that flew over Hawaii. A new mystery balloon has flown over American soil and is currently being tracked by the U.S. military, NBC News reported on Monday. The latest in this is that it's uh, headed to Mexico, I guess. That's the latest that I've seen from post-millennial. They say the military has been uh, reportedly tracking the balloon since late last week and has determined that it does not pose a threat to aerial traffic or national security and is not transmitting signals, one official says. The official added that it's currently unclear if the object is a weather balloon or something else, adding that the U.S. could still decide to shoot down the balloon if it reaches land. (laughs) Sure. Sure, I guess, yeah, send a a $4 million Tomahawk missile at the balloon. Or you can just lie about it while it carefully tracks a predetermined course over the most sensitive military sites in America and then shoot it down. I mean, that's what you did last time, so it's up to you, I guess. We'll be keeping an eye on that story. Menaced by balloons. We were a great country once. Do you know that? Meanwhile, Yellen says the U.S. could be out of cash as soon as June 1st. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's, a, it's an emergency, you guys. Everybody pay attention. It's an emergency. Sure. There is no such thing as cash at this point. The leaders of the Fed and the Treasury go on TV and say things like, the amount of money we have is infinite. It's as simple as pressing a button on a computer. So, you know, when they are rolling out these sort of fear tactics about the collapse of the American government because we just don't have any money anymore, just understand this is a lie. This is somebody, you know, cinching the garden hose, wanting you to believe that there's no more water anymore. And then they're going to open it up once you look in the hose and it'll be hilarious. Well, we'll get into this a little bit more too, but – uh, this is the, the big drama right now. Oh, the Democrats and Republicans, they're going head-to-head, folks. Oh, it's very exciting, very distracting. We're not going to spend too much time on that, actually. We will look into it, but we'll continue. Texas AG Jen Paxton announces uh, – Ken Paxton, rather, announces investigation against Pfizer, J&J, and Moderna over their deceptive practices. It's a start. It's a start. I'd like to see it end. In the early 1900s, certain companies were off-gassing highly toxic fluoride gases into the atmosphere. The surrounding communities began to get sick. Laws were enacted to compel these corporations to install scrubbers to convert these gases into fluorosilicic acid, still highly toxic but containable. Now these companies had a stockpile of this poison, and there was no affordable way to dispose of it. Lucky for them, one of their major stockholders was also the Secretary of the Treasury, who was responsible for the public health service at the time. And by 1950, the U.S. government began buying this toxic, untreated industrial waste product and dumping it into our drinking water. 
Reputable studies show that it's causing various cancers and other disease. With the Alexa Pure Pro, you can have clean drinking water and a remedy to this madness. Available now at InfoWarsStore.com. Just weeks ago, I warned the world that the globalists were going to move against Tucker Carlson and take him off the air. People said, no way, he's the most popular that ever happened. They've got quadrillions in stolen money. They only had Tucker Carlson on the air because they believe they could control him. But as soon as they figured out they couldn't, he was taken off the air. It's the same thing with InfoWars. But InfoWars is not owned by Fox or controlled by George Soros or owned by Spotify like Joe Rogan. We are only beholden to our viewers and our listeners. And when you support us, we're unstoppable. I'm not underwritten by Rupert Murdoch or by George Soros. I'm underwritten by you, which is we the people. So I want to thank you for your support and encourage viewers and listeners to understand, please don't take InfoWars for granted. We're barely hanging on. We need your word of mouth, your prayer, and your financial support while getting great products at the same time at InfoWarsStore.com. So don't procrastinate. Go to InfoWarsStore.com, get amazing products that keep us on the air, and never submit to these tyrants. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Ladies and gentlemen, very sad story to cover today. The death of a beloved media organization. Started out so great, so strong, so alternative, so obscure and, and sort of bizarre. Vice News. I remember first hearing about it in high school. My sister would buy the magazines at the bookstore. There were these like crazy, random, edgy, like it was like something you'd do. It was like nothing you'd ever seen before, Vice News. These long, elaborate articles, these amazing, you know, artful layouts, articles about strange subcultures that hadn't percolated up to the mainstream yet. It was a really interesting organization there for a little while. Then something happened. <laughs> we don't know what it is. No, we do. We do know what it is. They went mainstream. They sold out. And now they're filing for bankruptcy. Stories at Infowars.com. Vice Media to bio- file for bankruptcy. Vice Media, once known as the largest youth media group in the world, is preparing to file for bankruptcy. The New York Times reported on Monday. The paper noted the company could soon come under the control of an of an investment firm should it fail to find a buyer with at least five companies while at least five companies have shown interest in buying vice the chances of an acquisition are quote growing increasingly slim a source with knowledge of the potential bankruptcy told the times three people familiar with vice's operations suggested the company could file sometime in the coming weeks though they did not offer details with, about discussions with possible buyers and again I can't help but see this as related to all of the other big shakeups we're seeing in media. After all, BuzzFeed goes down. Shortly after that, Vice goes down. Tucker Carlson gets fired. Don Lemon gets fired. Like, there's a lot of like pretty big shakeups happening here. This is just the latest. And again, it goes to illustrate just how hard it is to sell something that people don't want. It's really it's it's got to be difficult. 
Because after all, they have received billions of dollars in just straight cash injections over the last couple of years, and they still are utterly flailing, failing, and bankrupt. A bankruptcy filing could mean a takeover by Vice's largest investor, Fortress Investment Group, which holds senior debt at the company and would be the first paid in the event it is sold. Vice did not confirm whether it's weighing the move, but issued a statement on Monday saying it is, quote, engaged in a comprehensive evaluation of strategic alternatives and planning. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like uh, me when my wife wants me to change a diaper. Uh, Yeah, I'd love to change that diaper, but uh, right now I'm I'm engaged in a comprehensive uh, evaluation of strategic alternatives uh, to changing a diaper. So let me get right back to you on that. (laughs) Don't you love corporate speak? And that its board and stakeholders continue to be focused on finding the best, best, best path for the company. Well, where are you headed? I think that would be the first question um, before you ask what path you should take because where you've been headed for a while is into the cesspool of history, is into the manure dump to be composted become something useful like fertilizer launched in montreal canada in 1994 as an irreverent and often often offensive diy magazine and driven by the irascible shane smith also i would add gavin mcginnis and maybe he can buy it back maybe that's the ultimate completion of the circle is gavin mcginnis buys vice magazine once again and resurrects it from the grave of woke mainstream petulant drug-addled nonsense and brings it up to its heights of counterculture extremism once again vice has shed much of its former punk rock aesthetic it transformed into a major media concern courting massive investments from the likes of disney and 21st century fox though the company was valued at 5.7 billion in 2017 following a 450 million dollar injection from tbg a private equity firm, it's worth just, quote, a tiny fraction of that today, according to the Times. Since its peak, Vice has encountered a more difficult digital media market that has, quote, consistently failed to turn a profit for several years, forcing it to lay off staffers as it hemorrhaged money. Disney reportedly considered buying Vice Media for $3 billion back in 2015, but ultimately backed out of the deal. It's unclear unclear whether Disney is among the five potential buyers that are said to be in contact with the company. I'll give you 14 bucks. Hey, Vice, reach out to me, $14. I'm willing to go to 20 but you got to make some – you got to meet me in the middle here. Is it even worth $20? We're not sure. We're really not sure. Highlighting its struggles, the outlet last week said it would be shutting down its Vice World News branch, which made its name with risky, gonzo-style reporting from conflict and crisis zones around the globe. A recent shakeup in leadership could also signal trouble for Vice, as both its chief executive, Nancy Dubik, and its global president of news and entertainment, Jesse Angelo, have exited the company this year. Rats fleeing a sinking ship. Again, there's not... I mean, they mentioned one uh, $450 million injection from a private equity firm, but that's not the only money that Vice has received over the last several years. Disney itself put more than $400 million into Vice Media. Now it says that investment is worthless. This was all the way back in 2019. I believe they gave them the money in 2017. 
Uh, Vice is still worth something in some investors' eyes. Last week, a again, this article is from 2019, but they say a group of lenders said they put a fresh round of $250 million into the company. Mike, which was, you know, all these are um, Vice subsidiaries. I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine if InfoWars just routinely received cash injections of half a billion dollars? Could you imagine? I mean, you can't imagine it because then those organizations who were giving us the hundreds of millions of dollars would have some form of oversight over what we do here and the fact that we cover all of their misdeeds and corruption means they probably wouldn't want to fund us in the first place and if they did that would be their first priority is shutting that down entirely can you imagine 450 million dollars 250 million dollars another 400 million there right from disney from private investment groups from equity firms just injecting hundreds of millions of dollars and they can't stay afloat because what they're pushing is as we've mentioned before utter and complete trash it's a trash magazine with trash people running it writing trash articles about trash lifestyles. So yeah, it's going down. But the more important thing is understanding how this is almost symbolic of the wider American culture as a whole, that things that are original and unique and alternative and dissident get taken over by corporations who use the power of the purse strings and the power of the infinite supply of money that they have, usually other people's money that they're holding on to as investment firms, to prop up and then morph beyond recognition something that was good and then they you know take the profit make a couple hundreds of millions of dollars off the top while they leave the carcass of the animal they've parasitically destroyed to rot in the sun afterwards and leave hundreds or thousands of people jobless while they move off to their next victim it's media folks just weeks ago i warned the world that the globalists were going to move against Tucker Carlson and take him off the air. People said, no way, he's the most popular would ever happen. They've got quadrillions in stolen money. They only had Tucker Carlson on the air because they believe they could control him. But as soon as they figured out they couldn't, he was taken off the air. It's the same thing with InfoWars. But InfoWars is not owned by Fox or controlled by George Soros or owned by Spotify like Joe Rogan. We are only beholden to our viewers and our listeners. And when you support us, we're unstoppable. I'm not underwritten by Rupert Murdoch or by George Soros. I'm underwritten by you, which is we the people. So I want to thank you for your support and encourage viewers and listeners to understand. Please don't take InfoWars for granted. We're barely hanging on. We need your word of mouth, your prayer, and your financial support while getting great products at the same time at InfoWarsTore.com. So don't procrastinate. Go to InfoWarsTore.com, get amazing products that keep us on the air, and never submit to these tyrants. InfoWars.com is tomorrow's news today. You're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. All right, welcome back, folks. This is The American Journal. We have a lot of things covering the realm of warfare, massive geopolitical goings-on, false flag alerts, fake hate crimes, 
leading to superstar superstar status and incredible careers for those who carry out the hoaxes. But we're going to start today, or continue, wherever we are in the show, by talking a little, a little bit about the, uh, the old culture wars. <laughs> we're going to answer a question that seems to be baffling a lot of people. I realized today, I, we'll, we'll have to do it later, but I want to start doing a segment where we answer the media's questions. All these headlines asking questions. What does this look – why are these people doing this, right? And we'll just get all the headlines that have question marks at the end and just answer them because usually the answer is like one or two words. It's really not that complicated. One of these would be like, why do people care about depicting Cleopatra as being black? It's like, well, because she wasn't. There's your answer. There it is. Now, it gets a lot deeper than that. The real question is, why are you so insistent – on trying to tell everybody Cleopatra's black, but that's a whole different set of answers and very deep-seated cultural issues that populations have. But the question, what bothers you so much about a black Cleopatra is, well, she wasn't black. And it goes deeper than that because obviously this has been a very big theme in Hollywood over the recent past after all. They got to they put their spin on all of the old stories that they're retelling in much more boring and less interesting ways, right? When you're recycling scripts from 20 or 10 or 5 or 50 years ago and you want to put your little creative spin on it, Hollywood's answer is to turn the redheaded character into a black character, pin a star on themselves, and then go on strike. I mean that's, that's where they're at now, but this is different than that. Right, so there's outrage. There's been outrage over and over every single time this happens. Taking a traditionally white or Asian or Middle Eastern character and turning them into a black character on a depiction in a show or something. But this is different. This is different. The story from today. Let me find the the uh, latest one. Is about Cleopatra not being depicted in some sort of you know, film, some sort of you know, piece of fiction, historical fiction of some sort. It's a documentary. It's a documentary they've made that purports to be telling you true history that has decided that historical accuracy in this docuseries comes second to their political motivations and their race hustling. It's more than, oh, well, this fictional character is being played by an actress of a different skin color now. It's that the people who made this what purports to be a documentary, in other words, in other words what purports to be telling you the historical truth about real people and real-life events that really existed, is instead using those real-life events, distorting them beyond recognition, and doing it explicitly – because of a racial political agenda. And so we're going to we're going to answer the question is Cleopatra black? It's not it's actually not that hard of a question to answer. The answer is no. And it's like a million reasons why the answer is no. And again the real question is why 
why are you insisting on stealing the cultural achievements of other people? It's very bizarre. It's very strange. And again, it's not it's not that this is just a different actress playing a fictional character that they choose to make black and doesn't really it purports to be a documentary series where they don't just have a black actress playing Cleopatra. They go out of their way to tell you that Cleopatra was in fact a black African. It's just not true. It's just not true. Are we the ones that went out of our way to insist that Cleopatra is a white woman? Whether she's even white. I mean, that's what I mean. Mediterraneans, Greeks, is that? I don't, I don't know. We can get into that debate if we want. But it's like all of these things. You, you can just celebrate black historical figures. You can just make documentaries about real African people that really existed in the past that were really black and celebrate that. Why are you going out of your way to co-opt and culturally appropriate things for the black community that have nothing to do with the black community? Like it's, it's insulting to me, to everybody. It should be, right? feels like you're insulting the black community. <laughs> It's like you don't have any historical figures, so we're going to steal some of these others and say it's ours and then cancel you if you disagree by calling you racist, even though we're the ones that started this whole drama in the first place. And again, you have screenshots from this. You have scenes from this Netflix documentary. It's a Netflix – I should probably lay the ground. I should probably do my journalistic duty and actually tell you what the hell I'm talking about here. From MiddleEastEye.net, Netflix, why the idea of – Black Cleopatra is so controversial for Egyptians. The streaming platform Netflix has sparked a backlash by depicting the legendary queen as a black woman despite no evidence of her having sub-Saharan ancestry. More than two million years ago, the Egyptian queen Cle- – uh, two millennia ago – OK, I was confused by that. Uh, more than two millennia ago, Egyptian queen Cleopatra found herself in a power struggle with her younger brother – uh, Ptolemy the 13th for control of her country. The two had been co-rulers, but the legendary queen was forced into exile by her brother's powerful ministers. Sensing an opportunity to exploit the discord in the resource-rich Nile region, Roman leader Julius Caesar set sail for Egypt with the ostensible aim of helping negotiations between the siblings. Setting up camp in Alexandria, Cleopatra made sure she would have the powerful Roman's ear first. According to legend, she had herself wrapped in a carpet that was brought to Caesar's chamber, revealing herself as it was unrolled. For more than two millennia, the legendary figure of Cleopatra has fascinated historians and become a mainstay of popular depictions in Egypt. And she really is a, a fascinating character. And she was the last of the uh, Ptolemaic dynasty, that is the dynasty that was founded by Ptolemy, who was a, a lieutenant of Alexander the Great when Alexander the Great took over all of the Middle East and parts of Persia as well as the Anatolian Peninsula. As soon as he died, it basically split into warring factions, each one headed by one of his lieutenants or one of his men-at-arms. The Ptolemaic dynasty was probably the longest lived of that one, and it lasted all the way until Cleopatra, who was the last queen of that particular dynasty, which was not Egyptian. It was Greek. They were an occupying force in a lot of ways, but in order to rule Egypt, you had to be Egyptian. So that's what they did. Leading the condemnation of this, so the new documentary uh, uh, documentary drama 
Queen Cleopatra has sparked outrage in Egypt for its depiction of the famed queen as a black woman. Leading the condemnation is Egyptian official Mostafa Waziri, Secretary General of the Supreme Council of Egyptian Archaeology, who's described the film as, as a, quote, blatant historical misconception. Waziri is backed by Egyptian MPs, including one who's called for the entire streaming platform to be banned in the country for its attack on family values. To refute the idea that Cleopatra was black, the Egyptian government has released a statement and images of historical depictions of the queen. They include a statue bust from the, in the classical Greek style as well as coins that depict her side profile. According to the officials, these depictions prove that Cleopatra had white skin and Hellenistic characteristics. They also point to the queen's ancestry, which was as a member of the Ptolemaic dynasty, is, and it is Greek in origin. The family is named for Ptolemy I, a general in Alexander the Great's army who took over Egypt after the breakup of the great conqueror's empire after his death in the 4th century BCE. Again, we're going to get back to this, and we're going to address this question as well, where they say, so where does the idea of Cleopatra being black come from? Well, it, becomes, it comes from racialist liars. But first, nobody rides for free. We can't stay on air. We can't pay for the massive servers. We can't pay for all the software and all the infrastructure and the satellite uplinks without your support. And I want to hire more reporters. I want to send them around the country and the world again. I don't want to just stay on air, which we've stabilized or able to do right now. I want to be able to expand. So I want to thank you all for keeping us on air. I want to thank you for your prayers, your word of mouth. It's an information war. And I want to encourage you to go to InfoWarsStore.com and get the very best products. Turbo Force Plus is new and improved even better. 10 hours clean energy, Turbo Force Plus, now in a canister, stronger, and even more product. InfoWarsStore.com, back in stock. Ultimate Bone Broth, sold out for over two years. Just going to get the ingredients. We got it reformulated even better. InfoWarsStore.com. We're selling out right now the first run of Diet Force. Bunch of natural compounds help you lose weight. Naturally, it's so easy. Diet Force, InfoWarsStore.com. 1776 testosterone boost. InfoWarsStore.com. Our world is so full of hype. We are force-fed dehumanizing propaganda by the corporate media, by the controlled churches and the universities. And why is this the case? Because we innately, by God, have been given the keys to our own minds, our own psyches, our own souls. And by connecting to God, we can empower ourselves and transcend the, quote, fallen or sinful state. So the chemicals that we ingest and, and all the things that we try to bring into our bodies to, to, to change who we are are only lowering us. They're only making us more depressed. In the end, they're only making us less fulfilled. It is only by going within and really making that connection to God that we can truly empower ourselves. That's why the globalists bombard us with toxins and chemicals to block us getting the normal vitamins and minerals and trace elements. Our bodies need to be healthy and to be able to basically reach out beyond the third dimension. And that's where the incredible products come in at InfoWarsStore.com. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Folks, this is the American Journal. We're going to talk about all sorts of more important things a little bit later. We're going to stick with the 
cultural war right now. Really, this is a, a pretty, pretty big topic that sort of spans the entire stretch of uh, what we talk about. In other words, there's a lot more behind this seemingly small change than the people who made the change would want you to believe. I'm trying to figure out how to even express this. But of course, there's a classic quote from George Orwell that the greatest way, the easiest way to destroy a people is to destroy their history. And that's what this is, and it's, a, it's an attack on history. And it's not just an attack on the history of white people. It's not just an attack on white people. It is those things, obviously. But it's an attack on history itself. It's suggesting that historical reality should come second to modern, contemporary, brand new political ideologies and agendas. See, they're not saying – what if they're not saying, well, you know, it could be one thing, it could be another. We just don't know. No, they do know. They know what the reality is. But what Netflix is doing is what school textbook companies are doing, what authors are doing, and that is willfully and knowingly destroying history to serve their immediate political agendas. This is how you control a nation. I mean, if you don't if you can't look back in history, if you have nothing you can look back on and know actually to be true, like even just doing this, even if you don't believe it, it still undermines the entire concept that you can trust history at all, right? If things can just be arbitrarily changed based on what is politically expedient for the activists that make history, write history at this point – in history is nothing more than a projection from the modern age into the past of whatever they want it to be. History is not always what you want it to be. History is not always pretty, but it's all but ideally what you're telling is the truth and you can learn lessons from that truth. Even if they're not the lessons that you particularly want to learn, even if they contradict your false reality that you've established. You need to get rid of the false reality, not the history. So, of course, just to tread over the same ground over and over from 1984, every record has been destroyed or falsified. Every book rewritten. Every picture has been repainted. Every statue and street building has been renamed. Every date has been altered, and the process is continuing day by day, minute by minute. History has stopped. Nothing exists except an endless present in which the party is always right. And again, I'm not the one projecting politics into this. This was done explicitly for its political impact from the director of the Netflix documentary, Queen Cleopatra. She says, quote, I realized what a political act it would be to see Cleopatra portrayed by a black actress. For me, the idea that people had gotten it so incredibly wrong before mean we had to get it even more right. Of course, they are, of course, the ones actually getting it wrong, but that's beside the point. I realized what a political act it would be to see Cleopatra portrayed by a black actress. Again, I remind you, it's not just a black actress playing a historical figure. It's a documentary 
that explicitly says Cleopatra was a black African. It's so you know. I guess how it happens is they come out and make a supposedly truthful historical documentary about a real life person and real events. They alter it to fit their political agenda, and then if you argue against it or if you point out that it's false, you must be a racist. You're trying to hide the the glory of the African race. It's also absurd. So, of course, Egyptians are kind of pissed at this, right, getting mad at Netflix, saying you're literally stealing our history and reappropriating it and giving credit to people that don't deserve it. That's not fair to us or to them or to anybody for that matter. Telegraph, you know, again, frames it dishonestly. Netflix drama angers Egyptians by casting black actress as Cleopatra. Again, they didn't just cast a black actress. They explicitly say – I mean here's a quote from the documentary. Quote, I remember my grandma telling me I don't care what they tell you in school. Cleopatra was black. Right? It's not just an actress playing a character. They're telling you in history that this is how it is. And again, if you want to – abandon the reality of history for the expediency of political lies, you're a bad person. You probably shouldn't have a documentary show. The trailer for the new historical series shows the first century ruler of Egypt as a woman of black African uh, descent after producer Jada uh, Pinkett Smith, the wife of actor Will Smith, cited the importance of, quote, telling stories about black queens. Well, you're telling a story about a Greek queen – that you're claiming is black. I mean, it's like it's nothing to be proud of. Like, I don't know. I think if I, I don't know, I'm not black. I think if I was a black American, I would be insulted at this, right? So you're just, you're going to co opt somebody else's history instead of telling ours, instead of actually telling real history, of which there is millennia worth of history to tell. It's not like. It's not like Africa doesn't have history. In fact, there are some really amazing stories to be told in African history. I'll tell you my favorite one here in just a second. But I think there's a reason those will never get told, and you'll see in just a minute. So again, the decision to cast a black actress – again, they keep referring to it as if this is just a casting choice – in the role of the queen has caused anger in Egypt where experts have argued that the queen was of European descent and not black. Netflix's Cleopatra director defends black casting. What bothers you so much about a black Cleopatra? <laughs> it's just like – so they just lie. They just lie. They go out of their way to explicitly and for a political purpose change the race of somebody. And then they're like, why does that bother you? What, are you racist or something? Well, you're the one doing it. So why are you doing it? We just have to respond to what you do. It's annoying. You could just make a documentary about Cleopatra. Of course, I would – you know, guess that nothing in this documentary is accurate. I mean, if they're willing to take uh, liberties with something like this, again, explicitly saying we did this because it's political, to make a political statement, we altered the facts about the past. I mean, you realize that's a door you don't want to open, right? You realize that is evidence of like a severe lack of moral character in the people writing your history, which is how you understand who you are as a race, as the human race, and who you are as an individual and where you fit in the timeline. I mean this is shaking that entire foundation, and 
the mainstream media is, of course, defending this. But it goes way, way deeper than that because, of course, this is not the first time that this type of thing has happened. You've got just a litany of examples. A lot of them are from fantasy and, and fictional stuff, so it's not that big of a deal. But these are just a couple of examples from Into Wokeness on Twitter. Uh, Charlotte was a white English woman played by a black African. Anne Boleyn was a white English woman played in this uh, instance by a black African. Cleopatra, of course, was Greek or Macedonian being played and depicted and said explicitly is a black African woman. And you even have Jarl Hekon, a white male Viking from history, being played as a African black woman. And you have the things like the you know, ads for Norwegian or Swedish airlines where it's like some Ethiopian guy being like us and our Viking ancestors. And it's like, what are you talking about? And that's where it gets really like disturbing is that is when you have things like the Cheddar Man in England. You have articles from the BBC or like this one from CNN. Experts revealed digital image of what an Egyptian man looked like almost 35,000 years ago. And they, of course, go out of their way to try to make it look like he's a um, – black african guy to try to insinuate that all of egypt was black to try to insinuate that blacks don't have any history and have to appropriate other people's history in order to have any value in the world which isn't true but this is happening at the same time that the populations of europe are being systematically replaced by the influx of millions upon millions of middle easterners and africans videos out of italy ireland spain over the recent weeks of just hundreds upon hundreds. Of course, the UK is the biggest target for them. Millions upon millions of Africans pouring into Europe while simultaneously the scientific community and the mainstream media tells Europeans white people don't exist. They're not indigenous to that land or any land, and they're all actually black. Just weeks ago, I warned the world that the globalists were going to move against Tucker Carlson to take him off the air. People said, no way, he's the most popular that ever happened. They've got quadrillions in stolen money. They only had Tucker Carlson on the air because they believe they could control him. But as soon as they figured out they couldn't, he was taken off the air. It's the same thing with InfoWars. But InfoWars is not owned by Fox or controlled by George Soros or owned by Spotify like Joe Rogan. We are only beholden to our viewers and our listeners. And when you support us, we're unstoppable. I'm not underwritten by Rupert Murdoch or by George Soros. I'm underwritten by you, which is we the people. So I want to thank you for your support and encourage viewers and listeners to understand. Please don't take InfoWars for granted. We're barely hanging on. We need your word of mouth, your prayer, and your financial support while getting great products at the same time at InfoWarsTore.com. So don't procrastinate. Go to InfoWarsTore.com, get amazing products that keep us on the air, and never submit to these tyrants. Taking a record of the hearts and minds of the American people, it's the American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. All right, welcome back, folks. We'll move on, I guess. I mean, there's still so much more to say about Black Cleopatra. It's, it's just so, it's so weird. It's so bizarre. Move on. Move on. Maybe we won't. Maybe I'll keep going on this. Because it, 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 you know, it's just one of those things that it's like, 
you can't imagine it happening any other way, right? You can't imagine white people like making a movie where Oda Nabanaga is a white guy, right? <laughs> and, 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 so, and not just like, well, we can't, well, we thought he was the best actor. We thought he, we thought he was a good actor, so you know, we chose him. But actually being like, no, actually, actually the, the leader of Japan – Following the Warring States period was a white guy. Actually, we're pretty sure he was white, and he he was white. And we're going to make a documentary. We're going to call it a documentary. We're going to we're going to write a history book that says that this clearly Japanese man was actually white. And not only is the media going to cover up, like say it's true and good, uh, but we're also going to say that we're doing it explicitly for a political reason because uh, we love white people and hate Japanese people. So you know we went ahead and changed their race. Uh, because we like their history and we want it. It's ours now. Can I throw a tough one at you? Yeah. What about Jesus? What about Jesus? Was Jesus white? He's another He's another historical figure that is portrayed black for political reasons. No, he was Judean. He was of Judean ancestry. He was of the tribe of Shem. He was a Semite. He was a Middle Easterner that probably looked not unlike the Palestinians that live there today. Probably did not look like an Eastern European. But again, it's not even, you know, even in that regard, there's a leniency because it's uh, it's religious figures and the point of Jesus and the Virgin Mary and these figures, these historical figures, is that they transcend the human. So like when, yeah. You think anybody f- followed this guy? I don't think so. I don't think. I mean, we have depictions of Jesus from like. Are you telling me that's not Jesus right there? That is not. That is not Jesus. Okay, that is a man named a Umberto. Okay, just making sure. He. I'm trying to throw a good one at you. Yeah. No. Curveball. No, no, not a curveball. But you know, you see depictions of Jesus or the Virgin Mary in all sorts of styles, depending on what culture you're in. I've seen. Chinese tapestries, Japanese depictions of Jesus, where they look dist- Jesus and Virgin Mary, where they look distinctly Japanese, or uh, South American, where you know it's Jesus and uh, Mary, and they're in the manger, and it, you know, the manger and the, you know, there's llamas standing next to them instead of donkeys and and horses. There's, you know, the traditional, you know, Peruvian style that they're wearing, but they're still depicting Jesus and Mary. Like nobody's arguing that they were actually Peruvian. But like I think that's fine. I think it's fine to you know take a religious figure and sort of in their portrayal, you know, portray it as something that that the people of the area recognize and are close to. Because the point of them is that they transcend the differences of humanity. The colonizer Jesus. <laughs> okay, that's very funny. But uh, what about this? From again, end wokeness on Twitter. Saint Augustine will now be depicted as black in order to quote decenter whiteness. See, it's not about historical accuracy. It's not about like oh, the white people said these people were white, but really they were black. It's like they know these people were are white and European, and this is all just a part of the mass movement. Whether it's tearing down statues or taking down portraits in universities or renaming military bases or you know, making commercials in Europe where you have black people being like, I am indigenous to Sweden. And it's just like, you're not the, I mean, this is all part of a singular monolithic 
attack on reality, attack on history, attack on white people, attack on institutions and countries that... You're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. All right. Welcome back, folks. I just, I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you a story about a black leader in history. I think maybe I've mentioned him before on this show. I don't even I don't even like talking I'll tell you why. I still as as far-fetched as it may seem I would love to make a full-length feature-length movie about this guy. And somebody's going to make a movie about this guy and it's going to be the the biggest movie of the year. It's going to start a whole new trend in film. It's going to be the next Gladiator, right? And afterwards you're going to see a whole bunch of movies that are like I swear this historical figure is so ripe for filmmaking that like, I don't even like talking about it because I want to do it. I want to make this movie. I've thought about that for such a long time. But again, what we're talking about, if you're just joining us, is historical anarchism, historical vandalism taking place. As Matt, my producer, pointed out in the break, like it's about confusing you. It's about the term, I guess, the, the actually, like, most appropriate term would be, like, bastardization. That, like, Western, European, even, you know, Mediterranean, like, world history is being bastardized. It's being stripped of its roots. It's being ripped up from anything real and and tangible and replaced by whatever the current political expedient is. You know, I guess there's some there's some show... And all these shows just fail anyway, so it's not even that important because you know if you're if you're willing to make decisions like we're going to make our main historical figure in this documentary uh, a different race because we are that race and we want her to be that race. Like you're not good at making decisions, so your movie's going to be bad, your film's going to be bad, and your your you know the, whatever truth you may be telling will be overweighed, outweighed by the lies that are keeping it down but apparently there's this uh series of some sort where there's a black viking named uh, jarl jarl hakon i guess was a real historical figure who was a man and swedish but was being portrayed as a black woman and this is the way it's covered in the mainstream media certain corners of the internet were unhappy with jarl hakon for a repugnant reason her skin color repugnant you're repugnant if you think that historical film should have any semblance of historical accuracy you're repugnant it's not because you are swedish and want to hear about your history and want to see it depicted in a way that just even remotely accurate right it's because you hate black people actually and you just can't handle a strong black woman character. It's like, this is how it's covered okay obviously thinly veiled racist critiques aside it's a racist critique when your when your racism inspires you to you know change the pigmentation of a character, it's it's other people being racist when they say what. Anyway, 
uh, there's still a genuine good faith confusion about a black Viking in a reportedly more or less historically accurate show. However, black Vikings, black Vikings are historically accurate. Hmm. No, they're not actually hate to tell you that they're not. However, black Viking, like, again, can you possibly imagine just like, actually there were, um, blonde haired, blue eyed Zulus. It's like, no, there weren't actually. <laughs> There weren't, and why would you say that there are, and why would you be mad at me for saying that there aren't? I don't know. Somebody in the break said something about being culturally insensitive. There's something insensitive about this. I don't treat black people like they're, they're little children that need to be lied to because the reality is too much for them to handle. It's just like these scumbags who make these movies are lying to you, and I'm telling you the truth. You're mad at me. You're not mad at me. You're mad at the truth. You're mad at reality. However, black Vikings are historically accurate, they say, in a blatant lie. The fact that Vikings are all white is a common misconception, one that mainly came to be when works like Wagner's 1800s opera Flight of the Valkyries rewrote much of Germanic history to fit the emerging proto-Nazi sentiment that would eventually inspire the philosophy of Adolf Hitler. Right? I mean, what? What? Yeah, if you... If you object to the assertion that there were black Vikings in the 1300s, you're really just a Nazi. You're really just a member of the National Socialist Party of the of Germany in the 1930s. You know what's funny? What's actually funny is that Hitler justified his racial superiority by going back and rewriting history to make powerful and important figures German. He literally is just doing what jada pinkett smith is doing right if you like read the the hitlerian philosophy the nazi philosophy it was like you know they were just like oh well germans actually alexander the great he was german uh, and actually you know all of the great leaders in history they were all german actually actually if you trace back it, they're all german and it's just like so if you want to talk about the nazi tactic of rewriting history to conform to your preconceived racial biases go look in the mirror not to be insensitive, but somebody is calling the kettle black. There's a pot somewhere calling a kettle black <laughs> when it's white as the driven snow. But again, they, they do, they're, they're not just doing this in documentaries, and I'm sure this will be taught in school. And if you oppose it, they'll say you're racist. They'll call it critical race theory. Uh, but again, St. Augustine will now be depicted as black in order to, quote, decenter whiteness, depicting St. Augustine as a black man. Uh, decenters whiteness and demands that we recognize what it means for the church, the academy, and the world to acknowledge the intellectual and cultural gifts Africa has given the world. It's just like, well, then why don't you point to them? It's just, you know, the reason I want to heart, I mean, it's just, it's the disconnect from reality that is indicative of true, the definition of insanity, right? We're going to change a white, saint to a black saint to celebrate the contributions of black saints what are you talking about what is this <laughs> and then it's like why don't they celebrate the actual black saints out there here's from a <laughs> website called churchpop.com eight black saints and holy people of god every catholic should know with prayers and intercession and you look at uh, the first one they list here St. Charles Luenga was a martyr and saint. He, ordered, he is one of 22 Ugandan martyrs. He defended his, adult, his young adult companions against the homosexual demands of the Bugandan, Bugandan king 
and instructed them in their Catholic faith. Ah, uh, wow, we can't celebrate him. Ah, uh, we can't celebrate him. Oh, he's a, he's a saint because he opposed homosexuality. Well, that's, we better just, we better just give blackface to St. Augustine instead. That's better. And they list eight of these. Now, my favorite, again, I don't even like talking about this because somebody's going to take this idea and make a billion dollars off it and it's going to become the next MCU. But I'll just go ahead and tell you. His name was King Caleb. He was the king of Axum around the fourth century AD. Axum was on the fringes of the sphere of influence of the Byzantine Empire, one of the uh, earlier countries to convert to Christianity after a Phoenician monk named Frumentius went there and instructed them on the rites and uh, catechisms of the Cath- – of the uh, not Catholic but Orthodox fake faith. Caleb of Axum was a king. Would this not make a great movie? He's a young king. He's you know, ready to go out there and conquer the world quite literally, and he hears that Christians across the Red Sea in Yemen at the time called Himyar he finds out that the Christians are being slaughtered. They're being thrown into ditches and lit on fire by somebody that they call the king of the ditch. He was a usurper named Duh Nuas. And King Caleb goes to conquer the land and free the Christian brothers, but he does it on his own for his own glory. And he succeeds and he, he gets Duh Nuas off the throne. Uh, and he goes back home only to learn that Duh Nuas has returned and is now exacting vengeance on the Christian populations. So King Caleb thinks, I did something wrong. I made everything worse. What should I do this time? He goes to a monk. He prays with him, gets advice. He goes back over. This time, there's a chain across the ocean blocking his ships, but he just goes forward anyway. A storm starts. The ocean raises. His ships go over the chain. They get to Himyar. He frees the people again, kills Duhnuwas in a one-on-one duel, and then gives up his crown and becomes a monk. We'll be right back. They decided to not perp walking, not put him in handcuffs, not do a mugshot because they knew that that would help Trump. Didn't they know this would backfire? We were waiting for the mugshot. We learned today they wouldn't have it, so we've made our own. And it says political prisoner with an image of President Trump. The shirt is being printed now in Texas. It'll be shipping out to you in one week. Political prisoner with Trump on the front there in a mugshot jail background. It's a fundraiser shirt. It says Infowars.com on the back of the shirt. We also have Alex Jones for president. No, I'm not running for president. It's a really nice navy blue, high quality shirt, red, white, and blue. Alex Jones for president. 2024, it's a fun conversational piece and a limited edition shirt. Great way to fund the operation. So get your Alex Jones for President and Trump mugshot shirts at InfoWarsStore.com or by calling toll-free 888-253-3139. I'm a humble person, and I want to say that I'm just a man, but I'm not just a man. Just like you, no matter what color you are, whether you're a man or a woman, you were made by the creator of the universe who had a plan for you, who has a destiny for you. That's why the system hates you and fears you. That's why they hate me. It's because the spirit I carry is one of justice and truth and courage and honor and will and love. My friends, the enemy's coming after me, not because I'm a loser, but because I'm a winner. They're coming after you, not because you're a bad person, because you're a good person, because you love God and God loves you. And so I signed up for this. I signed up for this fight. And I'm not a victim. I'm an overcomer. But I can't fight this fight without you. That's why I want you to always remember 
that I appreciate you and I thank you because InfoWars is your fight. InfoWars is your baby. It's the thing you built. We did this together. So God bless you all. Let's keep fighting. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. All right, folks, welcome back. We are moving on. We're moving on. I promise we're moving on. If you're wondering why you've never heard of King Caleb before, why there hasn't been a documentary series on Netflix or a gladiator-style film about King Caleb, the problem is that his... Uh, oh, so, yeah, just, just to finish up. So, essentially what King Caleb did was he realized like the like the psalms say you know anything you do for your own glory will fail but anything you do in the name of the lord will succeed and he first uh, made everything worse by attempting to conquer Dufnuas for his own glory and so he made a promise and told god if you help me defeat Dufnuas then i will give up my crown in other words i'll become a monk and i will not benefit from the glory at all it's not about my glory it's about saving the christians in Himyar, uh, what is currently Yemen, which I think is an amazing story. It's a true story. It's historically accurate. It's in the reign of Justinian and Khosro, maybe Khosro the first or the second. So you have these uh, global superpower um, hegemonies at war, and this was sort of a proxy war between them. Uh, But unfortunately for Hollywood, the the bad guy, Dufnuas, was a Jewish guy who was murdering Christians uh, in a giant Holocaust, literal, with throwing them in a pit and burning them to death. And uh, I don't think that would fly well in the studio system as it exists now. But if you want to make that movie, hit me up. I literally have a script ready to go. It's just I'm too busy trying to fight the New World Order to do anything fun like make a movie. But we'll get to it eventually. Uh, let me take a moment, by the way, to tell you to go to InfoWarsStore.com to support us. After all, it's an information war. It's a chemical war. It's a culture war. It is a war on so many fronts that humanity is fighting against those that would destroy us in whatever means are convenient to them. If it's racial friction that they can exploit, then that's what they'll foster. If it's war overseas that can distract America from the ill doings of the people that run this country, then let the bombs fly. There's a massive and concerted worldwide effort to destroy humanity itself of every race, color, and creed. And unfortunately for them, there's a resistance of every race, color, and creed that demands the truth, demands reality, demands freedom and humanity in the face of an increasingly technological control system that they're attempting to array all around us. We will continue this fight. We'll continue to lead this fight, be the vanguard and the tip of the spear in this struggle. All we ask is that you go to InfoWarsStore.com. Go now to get TurboForce Plus, upgraded version of TurboForce. And TurboForce is probably one of the most sold-out products that we've ever had because it's so popular. People, once you try it, you're going to understand why it's so popular and why it's so in demand, and we can hardly keep it on the shelves ever. And that was the old version. The new version's even better. I think it tastes better. certainly has more nootropics. It's in a more convenient packaging 
with the canister and the scoop. So go now to InfoWarsStore.com to get TurboForce Plus. See what it does for you. And of course, know that you are not sending your money to people who hate you, but rather sending your money to people who love you and love America and love the world and love God and are doing our best to fight against the evil that you fund every time you go to a big box store or order something on Amazon. So avoid giving your money to the people who despise you. Go instead to InfoWarsStore.com. Improve your own health, improve the world, and keep us on air to keep this fight going in the face of unrelenting and unceasing attacks. I'm going to go to a video now. Because what we're about to see is the multi, multi-front multi war in a way that only exists in the modern age. That is not multi-front as in one front on the west and one on the east, but rather one in the diplomatic sphere, one in the media sphere, right? So what's happening right now is that there's a conflict between Armenia and Azerbaijan. They actually held peace settlement talks in Washington on Sunday, but those talks are being opposed by Russia. This is another geopolitical chess game going on with various players from far-flung countries all jockeying for position in these two countries in the caucus. Armenia and Azerbaijan will hold a new round of talks in Washington on Sunday. That was this last Sunday to try to normalize relations. There's a disputed Nagorno-Karabakh region. Armed forces from the two caucus neighbors have frequently exchanged fire amid disputes over the mountain enclave, which is internationally recognized as part of Azerbaijan, but populated mainly by ethnic Armenians. Russia has said there's no alternative to its Karabakh mediation after a U.S. initiative. This story from today at Barons.com. Russia on Tuesday responded to a U.S.-hosted peace talks between Armenia and Azerbaijan this week by saying there's no alternative to a deal that Moscow signed with its two warring countries in 2020, saying, quote, for the moment, there's no legal basis that would help a resolution. There is no alternative to these trilateral documents, Kremlin spokesperson Peskov told reporters. Initiatives to lower tensions in the region are possible, above all, on the basis of trilateral documents signed with Russia. So at the same time, these high-level diplomatic talks are going on as, again, more proxy conflict from the Western hegemony and uh, Russia continue. You have the other front of this attack, the information front, and we have a video of the BBC questioning – do we have this video? Questioning the president of Azerbaijan, clip number nine. Here is a BBC reporter – trying to, well, really warning him, sort of saying, you know, we're going to fabricate lies about your country in order to justify justify our invasion and maybe even a military overthrow of your government. Here's the uh, agent of the intelligence agencies posing as a BBC reporter getting absolutely schooled by the president of Azerbaijan. Why do you think that people in Azerbaijan do not have free media and opposition? Because this is what I'm told by independent sources in this country. Which independent sources? Many independent sources. <laughs> Tell me which. I certainly couldn't name sources. Oh, if you couldn't name, that means yeah. that you're just inventing the story. So you're saying the media is not under state control? Not at all. I mean, NGOs are the subject of a crackdown. Journalists no. are the subject of a crackdown. Not at all. Critics are in jail. No, not at all. None of this is true. Absolutely fake. Absolutely. We have free media. 
We have free internet, and the number of uh, internet users in Azerbaijan is uh, more than 80%. Can you imagine the restriction of media in a country where internet is free, there is no censorship, and there are 80% of internet users? This is, a, again, a biased approach. This is an attempt to create a perception in Western audience about Azerbaijan. We have opposition, we have NGOs, we have uh, free political activity, we have free media, we have uh, freedom of speech. But if you raise this question, can I ask you also one? How do you uh, assess what happened to Mr. Assange? Is it a reflection of free media in your country? Let's talk about Assange. How many years he spent in Ecuadorian embassy? And for what? And where is he now? For journalistic activity. You kept that person hostage, actually killing him morally and physically. You did it, not us, and now he's in prison. So you have no moral right to talk about free media when you do these things. I'll tell you what's going on on the other side. Powerful stuff. Turbo Force is back, sold out for eight months, and it's Turbo Force Plus. We made it even stronger, the strongest long-term energy you're going to find anywhere. Turbo Force is back in stock at InfoWarsStore.com or 888-253-3139. It's not just wide-spectrum natural herbs that time release over 10 hours. It should be called 10-hour energy. It has a bunch of vitamins and minerals and a bunch of other key things and amino acids that turbocharge everything and are good for your heart, your brain, your liver, you name it. Uh, it, it, it is the super fuel. Brainforce Plus is great. Brainforce Ultra is great. They're two different nootropics. They go good with this. But this is the King Kong. This is the boss. Turbo Force, back in stock, discounted. Infowarsstore.com. More power, more strength, more energy. Infowars.com is tomorrow's news today. You're tuned in to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. All right, welcome back, folks. Uh, good news, we will be joined at 10 o'clock Central Time by Gavin McGinnis to discuss what's happened to his former place of employment, the place he helped found, Vice Media. Now that it's filed for bankruptcy, that should be very fun, so stay tuned. We'll be joined by him in about 30 minutes. Let's continue with the international realm. There really does seem to be a concerted effort to create war somewhere for some reason. You've got things like this. Office of the President of the Republic of China, Princes Taiwan, which is interesting. Interesting way to put that. But the president of Taiwan met with Ambassador John Bolton at her home yesterday, at her official residence. President Tsai said that as Taiwan stands on the front line of the defense of democracy, we are not only determined but also well prepared to protect our homeland. Moreover, the president stated that we are willing to deepen cooperation with the U.S. and other like-minded partners to jointly uphold peace and stability across the Taiwan Strait as well as the values of freedom and democracy. Hey, nothing stands for democracy and peace like old John Bolton, does it? 
President Tsai welcomed Ambassador Bolton to Taiwan and stated that for many years, the ambassador has steadfastly supported Taiwan and striven to deeper uh, – striven to deepen Taiwan-U.S. relations. She noted that the COVID-19 pandemic has subsided. Ambassador Bolton made a special visit demonstrating his high regard for Taiwan. It's like a, like a lion has a high regard for the gazelles. <laughs> Just what, – what do we have to do to get rid of John Bolton? Like when uh, – what is it going to take to just get that mustachioed psychopath out of our lives? He hasn't held an official position for a while. He did hold one under Trump for a little while. Maybe maybe the president of Taiwan is using John Bolton like Trump did. In other words, everybody knows around the world that John Bolton is a harbinger of death. He is an angel of death, a warmonger. Of the highest degree, I I mean that seems to be the only thing he does. Like it's so weird that we have these people in the highest positions of public office who just – they're – the only thing they've ever done is just like create wars that just go horribly and kill millions and bankrupt the country and destroy our reputation around the world. And they're just – they're just there. They're just still there. They're just decade after decade. It's just the same people. Just all they do. It's not like John Bolton is like spending half his time feeding the homeless and, you know, or founding some technology company. And also he starts wars over it. Like that's all he does. All he does is start wars. Why is he respected? Why is he acknowledged? Why is he not living in a cardboard box under a bridge somewhere talking about how he used to be somebody important? I mean, that's the only place this guy belongs. But what he's doing is going to Taiwan. So maybe, maybe she's using him like Trump used him. In other words, everybody around the world knows that this guy is nothing but a warmonger, and so you bring him in, and everybody goes, ah, geez, they're about to do something totally retarded. They're about to be really stupid and violent. Let's let's chill on these people for a little bit. If they're willing to bring John Bolton in, maybe we we just chill out a little bit, right? Somebody pouring gasoline on themselves and, like, holding a lighter, and you're just like, ah, let's just uh, back off this guy for a second. Let's just see if we can't. Calm things down until Bolton leaves the room. Maybe they're using him like that. I don't know, but I I tend to think that we'll be in a hot war with China within a couple months. No joke. That's just one of the places. Of course, Israel and the place around it is just a continual font of violence. Syria says Aleppo airport forced to shut down after Israeli airstrike. One soldier killed. We need to have we need to have a chart somewhere days since Israel has bombed its neighbors. It'll be an easy chart. We'll just have to have a uh, like a one, two, and a three because we hardly make it three days without this happening. Israel launched airstrikes against the airport in northern Syria, Syrian city of Aleppo on Monday night, killing one soldier and leaving seven others wounded. Syrian state media reported their state news agency SANA Sana said. The Israeli Air Force warplanes targeted the Aleppo International Airport and other sites on the outskirts of the city. It said the airport was out of service due to heavy damage caused by the strikes. The attacks left one Syrian soldier dead and wounded another five soldiers and two civilians. Sana said footage circulating online shows explosions in the night sky. While, milita- while Israel's military does not rule uh, – does not as a rule comment on specific strikes in Syria, it has admitted to conducting hundreds of sorties against Iran-backed groups attempting to gain a foothold in this country. Over the last decade or against civilian airports, whatever, whatever, you know, it's just Syria after all. 
So, you know, we don't have to treat them like human beings or anything. It's totally absurd. But one of the sort of hot spots, one of the areas of interest that are increasingly drawing my eye are Armenia and Azerbaijan. That seems to be another place where strange color revolution style interference from Western powers is taking place. Armenia and Azerbaijan will hold a new round of talks in Washington on Sunday. So, yeah, we just covered this. Uh, last Sunday, there were peace talks in Azerbaijan or uh, in Washington, rather, between Azerbaijan and Armenia. From April 30th, the Minister of Foreign Affairs of Armenia will be in Washington, D.C. on a working visit. The next round of discussions on the agreement of normalization of relations between Armenia and Azerbaijan is scheduled, the spokesperson said on their official uh, Facebook page. So, I mean, it seems like ostensibly you have the Western powers backing Armenia and Russia backing Azerbaijan. I need to look a little bit more into Maybe Simon from Florida can call in. I bet he has a thorough understanding of this. But to me, the interesting thing is, and again, uh, you know, Russia is saying there's no point in holding peace talks. We hammered out an agreement in 2020, and uh, that's, that stands as is, and Americans shouldn't get, get involved. But I think the interesting thing about this is that it's almost like the powers that be are so confident now in their ability to uh, trick humans, like just the ability to trick populations, that they're just blatant about it at this point. Right. So we just saw the video of the president of Azerbaijan being asked by the BBC uh, why he's such a bad person, why he censors media in his, com- in his country. And his response is, we don't. How could we? Our entire population is on a free and unrestricted internet, which is more than Americans can say. He points out that Julian Assange has received horrific treatment for the activity of journalism that the Brits and the Americans have no, no leg to stand on when it comes to criticizing others for their treatment of journalists. And it's like what you're seeing is like obviously the BBC doesn't actually care about press freedoms. Like I know this is obvious, but it's like it's worth laying out explicitly that – if they actually cared about these things, there are a million different things they would be reporting on. They would be reporting on Julian Assange and calling his for his release, but they're not. They would have been reporting if Azerbaijan was an unfree country that you know didn't didn't allow a free press and the BBC was really concerned about that. They probably would have been talking about it for years, but they haven't been. So what they do is they take these moral instances, these moral things that they can champion and they wheel it out ahead of military intervention. Like it's, I know it's obvious. I know it's obvious. Like, okay, yeah, the mainstream media doesn't actually care about free press, but it's amazing to see it just happen in real time. It's amazing to see it as, you know, the Western powers decide that Azerbaijan is a roadblock to their geopolitical global goals that suddenly the BBC is very interested in journalistic integrity of Azerbaijan when it's obvious what they're doing is just rolling out the talking points trying to damage Azerbaijan's reputation to justify eventual military intervention 
in this place. Again, I'm not even read up enough on this conflict to say which side I'm on at this point. All I know is I'm seeing a war being fostered and created and manufactured in front of my eyes, and it's astonishing. The eugenicists over 100 years ago were very public about their plans. They financed major universities. They ran full-page stories and advertisements pushing their propaganda at the New York Times, other major newspapers, that the family as we know it is a bad thing and must be ended. And the first step in that is getting women out of the household and teaching women that cooking dinner and taking care of your sons and daughters and husbands is a bad thing. And I was just sitting here tonight making dinner for my daughter, my four and a half year old daughter. My wife makes dinner a lot of times, but I like to make it as well. I love to make breakfast. And literally, it's the funnest thing on earth to make food for your family and be nurturative and then all sit down together and have that communal event. And that's what the system is attacking and bombarding, is our normal biological actions are coming together. They really are sick, evil, scientific cult of filth that want to domesticate us and turn us into lab rats. We cannot let this continue. But first, nobody rides for free. We can't stay on air. We can't pay for the massive servers. We can't pay for all the software and all the infrastructure and the satellite uplinks without your support. And I want to hire more reporters. I want to send them around the country and the world again. I don't want to just stay on air, which we've stabilized or able to do right now. I want to be able to expand. So I want to thank you all for keeping us on air. I want to thank you for your prayers, your word of mouth. It's an information war. And I want to encourage you to go to InfoWarsStore.com and get the very best products. Turbo Force Plus is new and improved even better. 10 hours clean energy, Turbo Force Plus, now in a canister, stronger and even more product. InfoWarsStore.com, back in stock. Ultimate Bone Prof, sold out for over two years. Just didn't get the ingredients. We got it reformulated even better. InfoWarsStore.com. We're selling out right now the first run of Diet Force. Bunch of natural compounds help you lose weight. Naturally, it's so easy. Diet Force, InfoWarsStore.com. 1776 testosterone boost. InfoWarsStore.com. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Still to come in today's program, Gavin McGinnis will be Gavin McGinnis will be joining us in the next segment. We'll take your phone calls throughout the third hour. And a lot more news in addition to all of that just massive corruption the Biden administration the likes of Anthony Blinken it's been a series of hate hoaxes recently we'll get to that in the third hour as well but I want to talk about what Fox is doing in my opinion in my reading of this situation in a desperate attempt to staunch the bleeding that has occurred after the exit of Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson, of course, had the highest rated show, not just on Fox News, but of any news organization, media outlet out there. He was the top of the top, and yet he was fired. Now, there have been stories, there's one on Infowars.com about Zelensky making a call to, to Robert Murdoch and perhaps leaning on him to get Tucker Carlson to shut up. But just as we said, as soon as the Tucker Carlson firing happened, you can look for an individual reason, but it's a it's the to, it's the total of all of these things. When you had everybody from the intelligence agencies, all of the blue blood 
old school warmonger Republicans. Chuck Schumer on like the floor of the Senate demanding the removal of Tucker Carlson. The leftist activists demanding the people boycott your show or insisting that the advertisers no longer advertise on you. And you have the pharmaceutical companies and the military industrial complex and foreign presidents all demanding this. I mean it was a – It was a cacophony of all of these people because Tuck Carlson was actually telling the truth in the face of the empire of lies that we currently live in. And so when he left, it wasn't just his audience going, which was the biggest, which was by itself a major blow, but every other show on Fox is down in viewership, some of them 50% at this point because people are done with Fox. A lot of people only watched Fox for Tucker, but even the people who watched the other shows, I don't know whether as a statement, I mean, there's been no coordinated boycott as far as I know, but people just, they just understand now that if you give the people what they want, the corporate handlers come in and set things right. So I think what we're about to see is an attempt to staunch that bleeding, to stop that hemorrhaging of viewership by letting some of their other hosts dip their toe in the red pill pool, right? Oh, well, we didn't get rid of Tuck Carlson because he's so extreme. Look how extreme Jesse Waters is being. So we're going to go to this video now, clip number six. This is Jesse Waters on Jeffrey Epstein saying things that we've never heard out of a Fox News host going farther than anybody but Tucker Carlson has gone on that network. And you have to wonder why now and Is this going to be a thing now? Fox News is actually contravening, contradicting the military-industrial complex? Or is this something just to try to draw viewership back in, knowing that the people that they lost when they got rid of Tucker Carlson are the info warriors, the people that are really hungry for the truth and not satisfied with being spoon-fed intelligence community-approved lies? So here's Jesse Waters saying, again, something you haven't heard on Fox News before, saying it's never been more clear Epstein was an intelligence asset. Let's watch. Pedophile Jeffrey Epstein was arrested. So why do we still know nothing about him? Well, we're finding out tonight some answers. The Wall Street Journal just got its hands on Jeffrey Epstein's private calendar. And it was a lot more suspicious than Brett Kavanaugh's. Epstein was meeting with the kind of people you'd think would steer clear of a convicted pedophile. Jeffrey Epstein was meeting with one of Barack Obama's top lawyers, Catherine Rumler. She met with Epstein dozens of times. Epstein even tried to set up Obama's lawyer to work for Bill Gates. How is Jeffrey Epstein a fixer between Obama's lawyer and Bill Gates? Epstein was also meeting with Joe Biden's CIA director. He wasn't CIA director at the time. He was Barack Obama's deputy secretary of state. William Burns was working for John Kerry at the State Department and meeting with Jeffrey Epstein, a known pedophile. And then Burns becomes CIA director. Huh. Today's director of the CIA went to Epstein's Manhattan townhouse where Epstein had sex with underage girls and, you know, where he filmed other men having sex with underage girls. And William Burns went there and was then promoted to the director of the CIA. 
Now, I wonder if the future CIA director saw the portrait of Bill Clinton in a blue dress hanging in Epstein's parlor room. A few years later, Epstein was arrested and then hung himself in a jail cell while security cameras just happened to not be working. Wrong. And the replacement guards just happened to fall asleep. And two years later, Biden just happens to pick William Burns to run the CIA. So what are we supposed to think? Let's uh, let's just, let's just pause it clear. right there. Because, again, you know, good on Fox News for actually covering this, for actually talking about this, for, you know, lengthening Jesse Waters' chain a little bit, I guess. Again, all, all, I, all I think when I see this is making InfoWars' job more hard. <laughs> when you got Fox News going in-depth about the Epstein story, I mean, how much deeper can you go? The answer is uh, much deeper, a, a whole hell of a lot deeper. Some of the things that you may have missed in there, they're subtle. They're still pushing the Jeffrey Epstein killed himself story. From the evidence that I've seen, Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself because Jeffrey Epstein's not dead. <laughs> I don't think he's dead. I think he's, I think he's uh, basking on an island somewhere. Or having undergone reconstructive surgery as like a shopkeeper in Tel Aviv or something. Well, he's probably still a billionaire. He's probably still a billionaire. He's probably still living with a harem of underage girls just this time in a country that won't uh, extradite pedophiles. After all, the body that they showed pictures of, which, you know, what's the old – Iraq war saying from Donald Rumsfeld, known unknowns, that, that, that kind of idea. You got to ask, like, why do we get pictures of some corpses of famous people and, and others get thrown off a boat into the ocean without so much as a Polaroid taken of them, like Osama bin Laden? Why is it that the press was not only allowed to capture, but then went out of their way to publish Shots of Jeffrey Epstein being dead. Is it because they really, really wanted people to think that he was dead? Is it because they put out pictures to really convince people that it had actually happened? But what about his ears? What about the fact that the corpse they show had ears that looked entirely different than Jeffrey Epstein's pictures when he was alive? And what about the uh, independent journalist who was filming with a drone on Epstein's Islands a few days later where somebody who looks exactly like Jeffrey Epstein was there supervising the cleanup fall of the evidence. So Fox News will dip their toe in the water, but uh, InfoWars is here with the high dive, the the cannonball off the high dive, uh, telling you that, yeah, he did have CIA connections because Jeffrey Epstein was a wholesale creation of, you could say the Mossad, but it's the superlative, overarching, supranational intelligence community that operates above and beyond national distinction. Well, let's go back to Jesse Waters now. Epstein was an intelligence asset. Not only was he working for the CIA, Israeli intelligence, maybe even Russia intelligence. Yeah, maybe it was Russian. So was the American government allowing an asset? To traffic and molest teenage girls yes. all over the world for uh, intelligence? Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. Are we allowing Epstein to commit crimes against children 
for blackmail material? Uh, Jesse, yes. <laughs> so we asked the CIA director, William Burns, you know, why were you meeting with a convicted pedophile at his disgusting townhouse? And the CIA director said this. He was my boss. Jeffrey Epstein was my boss. I not anything about him other than that he was introduced as an expert in the financial services sector. Yeah, we've already we've already covered all of that advice on transition. To he the wasn't even an expert, like they even the lies no they come up with to, to cover up their activities are lie. Like he wasn't an expert in anything. He had one customer and it was Lex Wexner, the CEO of Victoria's Secret, who gave him the most expensive townhouse in Manhattan for free because he was just such a nice guy. These people are just so nice to each other. These gifts they make. Remember Ted Gunderson talking about you know, wanting to having to interrogate a suspect and saying, hey, look, if that suspect is going to give us information in exchange for a little kid to have sex with, then we got to we got to have somebody who can procure those little kids. There's a lot of useful things you can do with underage children uh, as an intelligence agent. I'm sure Jeffrey Epstein is doing it all. So good job, Fox. Almost. You're close. Ladies and gentlemen, this book, The Great Reset and the War for the World, is a historic book that documents the globalists in their own words plan for our future. That is a hellish future. Now, you'll be always, while they still allow books, I guess, they're starting to ban them, be able to get an unsigned copy of The Great Reset and the War for the World at bookstores, Amazon, or InfoWarsTore.com. But you will never be able to get another signed copy of the book after the signed copies we got run out. And there's about a thousand left of them right now. So get your copy of The Great Reset and The War for the World, a signed copy at InfoWarsTore.com. And there is a markup there because this is a fundraiser to keep us on the air. So you won't just have this historic memento and this powerful book. You'll also know that you help keep InfoWars on the air. I'm going to thank those of you that have gotten signed copies of the book or unsigned copies. But I want to encourage all of you who haven't yet to go to InfoWarsTore.com and get a signed copy and buy a couple of unsigned copies and donate to the library or Give them to the local school. This is an info war. I'm counting on you, and thank you for your support.